And as always, I'm bringing you guys positivity, productivity, help you better students, be better pre-meds, and get into medical school. And today I want to talk about something because it keeps coming up in coaching sessions I'm having with students and inquiries, right, and emails I'm getting from students, and they want to know what will guarantee medical school acceptance, what will get you over that hump for sure, what is a surefire way to get into medical school. And I wanted to address it right here and right now, the single guaranteed way to get into medical school. Let's talk about it, y'all. And it's, <laughs> I think people complicate the situation and make it, I think it's like an artificial pressure thing. That's why I want to address it today is that, what's up, Meryl? What's up, uh, Utham? Kishore? Uh, I think, what do you guys think? Let's ask that, right? This is not like a formal talk today. This is just us live, just talking. And I just wanted to address it because I'm, I'm answering emails right now and I'm seeing it and I'm like, come on, guys. And everyone's looking for this guaranteed acceptance to medical school. And what's interesting is when I go to conferences, I hear people talking about, oh, this is guaranteed, this is guaranteed, this is guaranteed. And I hear from students that they go on forums and they hear, oh, this is guaranteed admission, this will guarantee admission. And what I really want to say to you guys, and I think Shai has it right, is that everyone's looking for some component of the application that's going to make for guaranteed acceptance. And what I like to tell students is, is that when you look for the one thing that's going to get you in, you guys miss the real thing that's going to get you into medical school. And that's being true to yourself and working hard. And beyond just being true to yourself and working hard, it's understanding that medical school admissions, when they talk about a holistic process, I think it's a lie, but it's a truth at the same time in the sense that medical schools aren't looking for one magic bullet. There's not one, oh my gosh, that's exactly it, that you've hit the magic lotto number and you're into our medical school. Medical schools are looking for good people, y'all. They're looking for people who care about other people, people who are intelligent, people who are capable, people who are working, people who said, you know what, this is what it takes to get into medical school and I'm going to do it. I'm not going to piss. I'm not going to moan. I'm not going to be upset about all the things I have to do that maybe aren't the most fun. I'm just going to do them because they're required. And it's interesting because the, the, the other side of this, of what's the guaranteed thing to get into medical school, are all the students out here, maybe this is one of you guys, right? We're live, so of course we're going to call me. All the guarantee people are like, oh, what will guarantee me admission? Then you have a whole separate side of people who feel like they have no shot. How many of you guys feel like, like you like you want to give up hope? And I think that the kind of two are like two sides of the same coin where they're both very defeatist attitudes. Because when you're looking for a guaranteed admission, you're looking for one thing to get you in and you're not really focused on having fun, you're not having a good time. And on the other side, when you're a hopeless pre-med and you're just like dredging through not believing in yourself, it's awful. It's terrible. Right? It's awful. And so like, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out the solution to it because I feel like I, I, I try to yell against the internet all the time and it doesn't work clearly, right? Like <laughs> me yelling against the crowd saying, guys, stop looking for one thing and just be everything. Be everything you want to be. And I get excited when I work with my students and when I get a chance to get out and talk to students because what I'm trying to bring to people is that you can be exactly you and have a great chance of getting into medical school. A great chance. You don't have to be somebody else in this life, man. I'm like, I'm looking at, and 
<laughs> it's that time of year, right? Where you have people who are on wait lists, who are hopeful to get off, who are worried, wondering if they should reapply. You have people who are putting together application, not sure if their activities are enough, not sure if there's one thing. And I just like, I just wanted to reinforce, there is no one magic guaranteed thing. Because a lot of people go into the process like, oh, well, I don't have this. I don't have that 515 MCAT score, so they're not going to accept me. I don't have the 3.5 GPA, they're not going to accept me. Oh, I don't have a publication, they're not going to accept me. That's the guaranteed golden ticket to medical school. And there's not, guys. There's not. But if you're a caring person, you're hardworking, and you do the right things, you're going to get in. This might be the hospital. Hold on one second. I don't know how to let me mute myself one second here. All right, sorry. <laughs> what is life, guys, right? Like, I don't, no one calls me ever, and then everyone wants to call me when I'm live. It's super urgent. Um, I've already gone from the hospital. Apparently, they want me to put in orders for a patient. Um, I don't know. Is it a crazy time for you guys? Right? Finnerback just said, I saw a YouTube video with a guy with 3.8 GPA, 517 MCAT but he was rejected from all schools he applied to because he was a robotic, right? And that's what I try to tell you guys about not being robotic. And I just, I just want everyone to, like, I guess that's a double-edged sword. When I say just relax, I hate people say that. <laughs> Trying to read your lips. <laughs> uh, I hate when people just say relax. If you couldn't tell, Meryl, I had to go back in. I had to see if they're open to the back door. I had to go back in there. Uh, just a couple minutes ago, go back to the hospital. Um, but I like want you guys to relax. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself to be perfection. Stop putting so much pressure on yourselves to be someone else's expectation of what a pre-med should be. And just be you, man. Like, um, I don't think that I'm the smartest pre-med there ever was or the smartest medical student or the smartest doctor there's ever been. Um, but I think... I was amongst the hardest working and amongst the most caring. And I think that if more of you guys are truly, truly, and I, I, I guess it all comes kind of together. I, I had a webinar um, this past week talking about med school application, I did a free webinar, kind of underground, didn't really advertise it too much, just kind of like put it together. And we had a bunch of people show up and we just talked for like two hours about the application. And I taught like my whole, like a whole bunch of stuff about the application. I broke down my personal statement for everybody in attendance and we went through it and everyone was like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing like insight. And the quote that I used in my personal statement was a quote about leading with your heart and how much better the world would be if everyone just led with their heart. And with all the, I, I, I get all the fakeness, right? All the fake likes, right? There was the fake love thing. I think that the fake likes are the thing of, of, of now, of, of this year, is that stop chasing that stuff, guys. Stop chasing the superficial and you'll find a really happy life. Like, I'm fulfilled. I'm happy throughout my pre-med journey, throughout medical school, throughout 
being a resident, throughout being and attending now. And like, it was funny, I, I like the residents who work with me, they're always like, man, you're always so like relaxed. Like you, you like smiling, you joke around. I'm like, why not? It's life. Like you got to live it your way. Like I don't have to be some uptight doctor. I can, I can talk just like this to my patients and they can understand it because they understand I'm in it with them. We're a team, we're going to work together and I'm here with you. And we just go, right? And Rick says he's 56 year old janitor in a grocery store. Is this not hopeless? And <laughs> I don't know if that's a real comment or not. I'm not sure. I can't tell people be trolling me on the internet, but it's not, Rick. And I can say that because I have in my residency class, in my residency, we had someone who was in their late 50s in residency. I don't know why you'd want to go to medical school at 56, right? Because then you got four years of medical school, four years of residency to finally be practicing. I don't know why you'd want to take on all that debt. But if it's your passion, then you do it. And I think that's the whole point, right? Is why, who the, why care about what someone else is going to say? Like, Rick, if that's truly your bio, why do you care what I think? If that's really what you want and people talk trash on janitors, I love the janitors at our hospital. Like one of my favorite people in our hospital is Cecil. He's an elderly black gentleman and uh, he's, he's our janitor and we talk all the time. And and I think that people try to look, and this is what you see, right? This whole Black Lives Matter stuff. You see all this, this, this politicization, the politicization of COVID and all these things. You see class differences and you see how certain people try to pull people apart, divide people, divide classes, make people feel like they aren't part of something. Right. And I, I want all of you guys to understand, like, you don't you don't don't feel disconnected, feel connected. You're not in competition with other pre-meds. You're in competition with yourself. With can you be competitive? Can you be great? Can you be your own greatness? And I think that if people stop worrying about whether other people think they're great and instead just try to be their greatness, man, you go so far. You go so far. And I. I People say that I'm overly confident sometimes, right? Or that I come off cocky or arrogant or braggadocious. And again, it has nothing to do with me thinking I'm better than you. It has everything to do with me thinking that I am the best version of myself and that I have driven and continue to drive whatever potential I have in me to the limit, to the max. And there's huge satisfaction and, and contentment and confidence that comes from that. And I just encourage all of you guys as pre-meds, as you're applying right now, it's easy to get discouraged. And I know this video is all over the place. Are you guys are you guys able to follow me? I apologize. I'm in a stupor. I was on call. I've been in the hospital uh, for a little minute here uh, for the, the past 24 hours. So I'm a little, a little out of it. But I hope you guys are following what I'm saying right now. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like Hassan asked, do you think the MCAT should be canceled permanently? No. Why should it be canceled permanently? I think it should be canceled this cycle because people can't get to it. But I think the MCAT is actually a nice test. I think that it's it gives schools a metric. I have no problem with there being an MCAT. I have no problem with there being an MCAT. And the reason I have no problem with there being an MCAT, and people can say it's bias or whatever, and yes, the MCAT is harder for certain groups. The MCAT is harder for certain people. Does the MCAT reduce diversity in medical school? Somewhat. But this is the question again that I keep asking people, right? What's the hot button that's going to increase diversity? And is the MCAT really the rate limiting step or is it the low GPAs of diverse students, students of color? Because 
when I'm talking to students who are minorities, oftentimes their biggest concern is not the MCAT. It's the GPA and the fact that they weren't prepared academically from where they came from to crush college. And so, again, I think the the bigger issue is teaching students of color how to study. Like, again, I I went I did a, a Zoom teaching for second year medical students last week, teaching them. Maybe it was Monday this week. I, my, my weeks are all messed up. I think it was this week. Maybe it was early this week. I think maybe it was Monday. And I did a, a, a workshop for students uh, who are second year medical students, teaching them about studying in step one. And I'm always amazed, but I'm not amazed that every time I do these talks for medical students, they don't know how to study. And I'm, it's like shocking to me. It's like, man, you would think that you would suck it up and learn how to study. But again, it's that whole thing of people just keep moving through their lives, not looking around and looking at what makes their life better. And learning how to study, shoot, has made my life way, way better. Way, way better. And people talk about SAT, right? So Kishore's asking, it's a good question, right? What about SAT, ACT? Many of these standardized tests cut down URGs. And again, that's not exactly accurate. It's not exactly accurate because you lose the bulk of underrepresented groups in the fact that they don't have any idea how to qualify. So, and again, this comes from someone who had a tutoring company who served, and as part of my mission, and my, my tutoring company is called Brain Brown Balance, it was 3B Tutor Brain Brown Balance. I work with high-end athletes, get them competitive for college. And in underserved areas, what you find is, yes, SAT and ACT are technically an obstacle, but the bigger obstacle, again, just like with college, going to medical school, that people don't address, is that these students in underrepresented areas, students from underrepresented groups, they don't have the guidance and the foresight to say, what are the credits I need to become eligible to go to a university? Right? They don't have the credits. They don't have the grades in those credits to be eligible. So... Again, we want to target these tests and say these tests villainize the students. The issue is, guys, is the education isn't strong. And I had a conversation with a patient earlier this week, and we were talking about uh, this, how expensive private school is. And it was a black gentleman, and he says, I worked hard to send my kids to private school because I knew the public schools were trash. And the sad thing is, is that teachers in America make thirty-five, dollars $45,000 Teachers in America across the board should make $100,000, period. Our public schools should be well-funded because the lack of educational structure in our, our early education puts students behind, right? This is what we talk about systemic racism. The lack of appropriate education and learning early on puts students at such a deficit that they cannot compete. And they could potentially compete. And this is what happened when I would go work in these inner city areas is by actually teaching these students how to study and study independently, where they don't need a tutor because they don't have access to a tutor. They're in, they're in an impoverished area where they don't need access to a teacher because the teacher's overwhelmed with all the student burden. It's amazing they could perform, right? You talk about ACT. I taught ACT for six years, guys. I had one student ever score below 90th percentile. One. And my program was the same standard program for everybody. 20 hours, top ACT score. And the only difference was I was teaching these students how to study, how to get out of test, 
So it's a lack of training. We want to bring the tests. It's not the tests. Right? Shai said, I used to teach pre-tax. I only got 32000 So how can you get quality teachers if you're only paying $32,000? That's the, that's the issue, Kishore. That's why I'm asking your question. The issue is not the SAT, the ACT. The issue for increasing diversity in medicine is not the MCAT. The issue is why aren't these students being taught how to study, how to test, how to read critically? You look at, right, and again, because sure, you're talking to someone who does early education intervention. So I do talks at elementary schools, at junior highs. I do consulting with these educators. And one of the things I talk about with these educators is standard curriculum, right? So if you guys look at how education reform has happened in America, right, and what's going on. We've gone to a standardized curriculum where we do worksheets, fill in the blank. And I said, yes, this is great because now we have a standard curriculum. But the problem is, is you're taking away opportunities for students to flounder in a textbook. If you never go through the pain of going through a textbook early on, how can you be expected to go through a textbook in high school? And if you never have to read a textbook in high school, how can you be expected to read a college level textbook and read it critically and read it well? And if you've never been expected to do that, then how can you read critically on NCAT passages? Does everybody understand? This is the problem in America. Like we, we often right, we run in circles. It's the problem with the world. Because it's easier, right? Like we don't do a root cause analysis. It's easier to fix the superficial thing. How many of you guys got a car that is older than dirt and is busted? And it doesn't have a car payment, so you keep it. But every single month, your car is breaking down. How stressful. From a guy who had a car, I had a car, my Nissan Maxima, where I would pull to a light. And if I didn't hold the gas pedal, the car would stop and shut off. And I never knew when the car was going to shut off, it was going to work, or it was not going to work. How many of you guys have cars that are not reliable? How much stress is that out of your life? What's the cost of that stress? Furthermore, how many of you guys have busted cars that you're constantly having to put in the shop? You're constantly having to fix up. You're constantly having to do little tweaks to. It's like a patchwork car. Would it be more cost-effective and life-effective just to lease lease a Toyota Corolla? Because you can lease a Toyota Corolla for like $160 a month, y'all. $180 a month and got good credit. So the amount of stuff you're doing to juggle this old 30-year-old car would you be better served just leasing a new vehicle? That would fix your root cause, right? It's the same way in education. It's easy to blame a test. It's easy to blame Trump for all the problems of the world. Trump's the problem. Trump's the issue. Yes, Trump is a contributor to some of the issues we're having. Yes, everyone acknowledges this. Just like any president is a contributor to some, some things. I think Trump's a contributor to more things than less things, but whatever. But he's not the sole cause. Attacking Trump doesn't get COVID fixed. Attacking Trump doesn't get equality for black people. It doesn't get proper treatment from police for black people. Does this make sense to everybody? And so again, everyone wants a patch. Everyone wants to say, oh, the MCAT's the problem. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The SAT's the problem. No, the problem is these kids can't read critically. The problem is, right, well, step one, we're going to make it pass-fail because it's, you know, too stressful for the kids. Instead of eliminating the test, teach the kids how to take the test.
I'm just saying. My students are not stressed about step one. Meryl, you're a medical student. Are you stressed about step one? Or do you feel confident that you've put in the work consistently every single day using the five pillars to be successful for your step one? What is your tool set, guys? Right, we talk about guaranteed medical admission. What is your information? How do you know what you're doing is somewhat in the ballpark of what med schools are looking for? Or are you out here half-assing it, looking for forum advice? Getting advice on a forum, I'm gonna tell you what it is right now. You guys ready? <sighs> Getting advice on a forum is the equivalent of going to a festival, right? Anyone been to a music festival? Okay. Getting advice on the best way to get to medical school. This is a great analogy. I love this. I'm, as I'm thinking about it on the fly. Going on a forum and asking for help about the best way to get to medical school is like going to a music festival and saying, hey, guys, who's the greatest musician of all time? Who's the greatest musician here? Who's the one musician who's the best musician at this music festival? How many answers are you going to get? Will there be a consensus? How will you know the answer is correct? Do you guys get what I'm saying right now? If you've ever been to a music festival, you know exactly what I'm talking about. People go to a music festival. There's thousands of people there. You look at what is the, uh, what's the one over here in Palm Springs? Coachella. Who's the best artist? Who should I see? You're going to get all these different opinions, and what are they based on? Opinion, preference, whatever. So what I encourage you guys to do, I, I, this is kind of cool. We just had a discussion, right? Like, you guys are here. I'll answer a couple questions to you while we're here. What the freak, right? In this world, if you're a pre-med, if you're a student, and you're not getting the results you want, and you're stuck, are you continuing to drive a busted car instead of sucking it up and getting the new vehicle you need? Are you continuing to blame something that is on the surface the issue when the real issue is below that? Right? And SC, that sounds awesome, buddy. Started working with Kaiser and Washington to help create a pipeline for underrepresented minorities to get into advanced healthcare degrees. I keep pushing for the program to teach students how to study. SC, good luck. <laughs> Why do you guys think I started my own business? I was involved in all these programs. I was in all these pipeline programs. I was an instructor. I was a curriculum creator. I was director. I was all these things. And no matter what position I got to, no matter how high I rose up in these positions, in these in these organizations, in these pipeline programs, no one ever wanted to do the most basic thing that I thought was obvious. Instead of teaching students bio, instead of teaching them chemistry, instead of teaching them MCAT, how about we teach them to read? How about we teach them to study? How about we teach them to have self-confidence? How about we teach them to overcome imposter syndrome? Besides just sewing to people, how about we teach them actual tangible skills to deal with it? So SC, I hope you have tremendous success. I had to leave the traditional pathway and I still do stuff with educational, right? Like I go to medical schools and I teach, but what's cool now is I can speak my voice by coming in from the outside as an expert. I can say exactly what I want to say, which is awesome, right? That, that level of freedom of being able to say exactly what the truth is without having to filter it. It's one of the reasons why everyone thought Trump was going to be a great president. 
Like, oh, he's an outsider. He's not tied to the political machine. He can say what he wants, say, speak the truth, but he's just speaking his truth from his from a point of just being contentious. Right? Yeah, so Faiz, I have group coaching programs on my website. I may add some individual coaching on my website. I've been talking about this. Brent was just on here earlier. I've been talking about adding individual coaching on my website, but I don't like doing individual coaching because, again, what ends up happening, and I'll be honest with you guys, right? I'm always truthful with you guys. I'm allergic to lazy people. And it typically is the people who sign up for individual coaching in large part. Not always, right? I filter my individual coaching now. But tend to be people who are less inclined to want to do the work and instead they want me to do the work for them. And so I like doing group coaching because it allows me, it holds people accountable to the group. And so people can ask a question individually, I'll give them individual feedback, but then people can understand and see from other perspectives and see from outside. It's a, it's a huge learning environment. Yeah, Mitt, you want to volunteer with me? Send me an email. Right? I'm always looking like if students believe in what we're talking about and, and want to come help out, I'm always I'm always about it. But I just want to encourage all of you guys, like I think it was a good segue. Whoever asked the question about MCAT and then asked a question about SAT, uh, who was it? Kishore asked about SAT, ACT, is that we have to understand like Black Lives Matter. So this is, we're getting way off topic now, but Black Lives Matter. I see people yell, Blue Lives Matter, police, police, police. We're talking about defund the police. We're like, oh, police are amazing. And it's not all or one, y'all. I don't believe all police are bad. But I've had enough bad experiences with police to feel like I'm being discriminated against and to feel like I'm always on the scared side when it comes to police. And then I act like, and then if they prove otherwise, then I'm okay, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to pretend, for, I'm going to brace for the worst. But if it's okay, it's okay. But I think it's incredible how people right now are villainizing police, like police officers are bad people. Do you know how much courage it takes to go out and be a law enforcement person? It's like the military. You know how much courage it takes to sign up for the military? To sign up to be shot at, to sign up to, to rush in when people are rushing away, right? It's like being a physician. You sign up to rush in when people are rushing out. It takes courage to work in law enforcement, guys. It takes courage to work in the military. It's the truth. Not all cops are bad. But there are cops, just like there are people who have agendas and go certain ways. Right? This whole cancel culture. You're canceled because you said something back in 1943. I just saw a thing. They're on Mark Wahlberg's behind right now. You guys see this about Mark Wahlberg? Have you guys seen this? <laughs> How many of you guys have, saw, have seen this Mark Wahlberg thing today? So Kishore asks, 
why should we live in that fear? Well we'll, well, we'll wait on the Mark Wahlberg. So if you guys saw Mark Wahlberg today, let me know you guys saw that. But why should we have to live in that fear, right, as underrepresented people? It's a good question. And I don't think we should have to live in that fear. But I'm a realist, guys. At all points, I'm a realist. I deal in reality. I don't deal in fantasy lands and what-ifs and wannabes, right? Black people should not have to live in fear of the police, but that's a reality. People should not have to deal with discrimination, but it's a reality, right? Pre-meds. I have a lot of great pre-med candidates who medical schools be dogging because they don't fit their criteria necessarily. You know what I mean? Like there's issues. And I always say like medical admissions, it's not a great process. It's not fair. It's not equitable. It doesn't identify the real traits that they should be looking for. None of that. But the reality is, is that is the process. It is what it is. So it's up to you to succeed anyway. So Kishore, the question becomes, is that fear enough to keep you from succeeding? And for some people it is, right? And this is why I have to do a better job of fortifying people, but I'm always like, how do you get people to stop being afraid? You give them tools, you give them skills. So whenever I get pulled over, I call my wife. Put the phone on the speaker. Put the phone on speaker, set on my dashboard, call my wife. I say, hey, Shannon, I'm being pulled over. Just letting you know, listen. And I let the officer know, hey, officer, I'm on the phone with my wife, sitting on the dashboard. I let him know. Put my hospital badge on, a little safety. But that's the best I can do. But it won't stop me from driving my car. It won't stop me from going for opportunities. It won't stop me from succeeding. All right? Yeah, so people saw the Mark Wahlberg thing. 30 years ago, Mark Wahlberg might have, could have, possibly, whatever, said something racist. I don't care if he did. I don't care if Mark Wahlberg was a Ku Klux Klan member 30 years ago. I'll be honest with you. I don't care. If Mark Wahlberg founded the KKK, I don't care. And this is the whole problem with cancel culture. Are we saying that people can't change and people can't evolve? You guys as pre-meds, you want medical schools to overlook your early bad grades because you've changed. But now you're going to hold people accountable for things that happened 30 years, one time, when they've established a new pattern, a different pattern. Come on now, y'all. Let's like, is that really how we, uh, is that how we operate? Think about that. How many of you guys, and I'm being honest, right? Like, if we were to fast forward your guys' lives 10 years ago, you guys are young people, 10 years ago. That's a long time for you. 10 years. Are you going to tell me that 10 years ago, you didn't have a day you regret? An hour, a minute, a moment that you regret? Think about that. Truthfully. Because I feel like I'm a very good person. I'm a Christian. I try to walk, right? The walk. But there are moments in my life I look back on. I'm like, ooh, I'm not proud of that moment. Definitely not proud of that moment. If if there was a if there was a TMZ or whatever you want to call it, there was social media, I would probably be in trouble for that moment right there. Think about that. I'm being totally honest with you guys. I know 
I'm old, y'all. I've had years to accumulate bad stuff. I know there's some moments I look back on. I'm like, man, that was not me. That was that was definitely not me. I can remember. I'll tell you one moment like that's that's on the nicer side that I'm not proud of. In junior high, we went TPing, right? Toilet papering. And we toilet papered this girl's house. Um, and the reason we toilet papered her house, right? It seemed like a good deal at the time, is she had turned us in for leaving campus. So we had, we're not supposed to leave campus, right? Junior high. We had left campus to go get some food and come back. And this girl turned us in. And so we toilet papered her house. Not only did we toilet paper her house, but then we sprayed the toilet paper with water. That's a terrible thing to do. It's a terrible thing to do. All she's trying to do is do what's right. We're doing the wrong thing. And we toilet papered her house and sprayed the toilet paper with water. I feel terrible about it to this day. I'm a grown man. I feel terrible about what I did when I was 12. And that's not even the like, worst thing I've ever done in my life. But that's a moment, right? That, everyone can see that's a bad moment. Oh, my gosh. Ugh, Dr. Pytet's a rule breaker. He left campus. And then he toilet papered. He, he hazed. He bullied this girl. And, right? Like, are you really going to hold that against me? I was 12. I was an idiot. Like... I was just trying to, like, I don't, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how we act with people. I just can't get with cancel culture. I can't, if, if I tweet, and I don't tweet, I barely social media. But if, if I'm a person who tweets 10 times a day, 10 times a day, and you find one tweet that is slightly off color from 35 years ago, come on, y'all, we can't. We can't. It's like these celebrities. These celebrities keep keep digging their digging their own grave with these ridiculous videos trying to relate to us normal people. They can't. They can't. But at least they're trying. And you guys like, oh my gosh, you see these white actresses trying to relate to us? This is terrible. They should all be canceled. Cancel them. It's like, come on, guys. Like, they're trying. They're doing the best they can to relate to the situation. Drew Brees. Horrible comment. Give me a break. It was a horribly insensitive comment saying he would never kneel for the flag. He came out immediately afterward after he realized, oh, snap, that was wrong of me and said I'm wrong. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to say something wrong and then say, you know what? Shoot. Foot in my mouth moment. I, ju I jacked that up. But I, like, it's like when people say, you know what Dr. Pine said? I loved all your videos. I've been following you for four years. But this video I don't agree with unsubscribe i'm like wow 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 four years of video and i and i do one video that you don't agree with and now i'm, I'm canceled i'm canceled unsubscribe unsubscribe that's absurd that's, that's really really an absurd policy i i don't know i don't know maybe i'm strange you guys think we should just cancel people for decades ago And I think Utham has the right point, right? I would like to see those people who cancel people held up to their own standard. That's why I don't cancel anybody. I'm like, no, I, I know I didn't know some foul stuff, right? I, right? I, I know it as a kid. There's a difference between speaking up when you see injustice and calling people out. There's a difference from that. 
because I, I, you guys know my coaching style. Someone sent me an email the other day, like, whoo, after I give him feedback, like, whoo, Dr. Pine said, you aren't kidding. Your coaching style is not for the faint of heart. No, because I believe in accountability and responsibility. But at the same time, I can tell you you're wrong and allow you to correct yourself. I can tell you, man, the personal statement you sent me is trash. Fix it these ways and we can get on with our lives. But to cancel someone, yeah, people try to cancel me every week, Kishore. I'm just, because because I, I say the truth. And the truth is often so hard to hear. We shoot the messenger. I, I like, you know what I mean? I wish I could say it was all goodies and gumdrops. It's like, I, like I, I, I put, you guys see that video earlier this week I posted about diversity? And I said the truth about diversity. And I kid you not, I, in the video, I was talking about diversity and the fact that we made no progress in medical diversity. Look at the numbers. We are not making medicine significantly more diverse, period. Okay, And I said part of the problem is, and people think they're mobilizing, increasing diversity. I said part of the problem is, is a lot of people are out here talking about, look at me now, instead of saying, here, let me show you how. And I, if I can show you guys the messages I've gotten, people DMing me on Instagram. Hey, I saw your video about diversity. Talking about, oh, look at me now. Show me how. Are you talking about me? I'm like, well, do you feel like I'm talking about you? Something must have rang true in that video if you feel like I'm talking about you. Right? People are upset. I don't care about your upset. It's the reality. You posing for cute pictures doesn't get black students into medical school. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't say it any clearer. We just talked about this, right? Taking pictures in front of rundown neighborhood schools and saying, listen, I went to the school and I made it out. You can too. That doesn't move the needle. You know what does move the needle? Is LeBron James going back in his community and building a school. Oh. 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 What does is LeBron, or sorry, LeBron James, Baron Davis going back into his neighborhood in LA and giving to his high school, giving to his junior high, building up infrastructure in those communities. Not the picture, not the photo walk. And we gotta recognize that y'all, like all your posts on social media, cool, but do something, right? Cause sure, if you're serious and you're like, man, let's make a difference, let's make a change, right? I wanna change this world, then put put up, put up or like, put up or shut up. And again, people get offended when I say that. I'm getting hate mail. Please, please go tell your favorite influencer I said this today so they can send me some hate mail. But that's the reality. And for some of you guys, let's bring it all back home. Some of you guys are saying, how bad do you want to go to medical school? Show me. Stop posting pictures of your suture kit. Pre-med. Stop posting pictures of your beautiful study books and instead read those books. Better yet, and learn how to read those books. Put up or shut up. If you want guaranteed admission to medical school, put up. If you're not willing to go get it, then shut up. If you're about this and looking like a pre-med, you're not going to get there. Hi, Mary. All right? I was like, Dr. Lee, I'm like, Mary, you're on the wrong freed. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're 27, no bachelor's, never to college, got a fresh slate. You're mature, go to medical school. It's fine. But recognize, guys, like it's time out. I do every single thing I can to help my students. Why? Because my students put up. Right? Meryl knows. Meryl's on here. She can call me anytime. Utham knows. He can text me anytime. Utham knows he can do a drive-by at my house. Come knock on the front door. Because he puts up. This guy holds himself to a high standard, puts in work. I love that. I care about that. I have tremendous respect. Put up, and I'm with you. But people who just talk and don't do any work, what is that? You're a pre-med Kardashian. What do we got going on? Patrice, is that am I right or am I wrong? Instead of taking pictures of the book, and I don't know if you guys know this Instagram profile. Go follow this Instagram. I'm going to promote an Instagram profile. My wife showed me, and it gives me great joy to go to this page all the time. It's called Influencers in the Wild. My wife Shannon showed me to me. Changed my life. Because it's people who are walking or they're somewhere or whatever and they see one of these wannabe influencers or influencers and they're filming their footage for their social media. And so these people film almost like a behind the scenes of that. And it's hilarious because it shows just how ridiculous it is. Do something. Right? Do something. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm on, you know, like, ah, you want to impress me? Do something. Do something. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Right, Antonio is one of my students, 37 when he got his bachelor's. And he's rolling, he's on track, we're going to get there. Right? And I think Carla, thank you for sharing that, Carla, right? That's good. Right? Opening up your eyes, last one I said, you don't have to wait to be a physician to develop your X factor. Right? You don't need to, you ever think, oh, when I'm a doctor, man, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to pave the road. Pave the road right now. Be something. Be more. Be better, y'all. That's all I'm going to say. I got to go. I got to go back to the hospital, Merrill. It's all your fault. I ain't got no orders in. But I don't even know what this video was about. But what this video was about is just you guys got to understand, man. This world is harsh. This world is crazy. People will pull you down if you let them. And the way you let them is by not putting in the work. The way you don't get to medical school is by saying, I'm not willing to put in the work. Or not getting the skills and knowledge you need to be able to put in the work. That's that simple. So when we talk about what's guaranteed best school admission, it's you educating yourself. It's you surrounding yourself with the right people who are in your corner. Some of y'all got leeches. Some of y'all got anchors in your lives that are just holding you down, sucking you down, taking every ounce of your energy and your joy and your zest and your, your want for your future. And you're always talking trash. Cut them people loose. Get some positivity around you. Right? Get a mentor or five or ten. Get informed. Thank you, Shy. The, 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 the 
the the outcome of this video, <laughs> the takeaway is that you can't look for a quick trick, y'all. And a bunch of y'all clicked on this video because you're like, oh, he's gonna talk about the guarantee. He, he's gonna give me the magic bullet to get into medical school. You know what the magic bullet is? Get yourself to work and care more about people. Get to work, y'all. All right, so I'm gonna leave. Woo, woo, Dom, you made it live. Now we're leaving. <laughs> All right, I'll see you guys soon. Uh, new videos, y'all. I'm really excited. Um, I just been kind of chilling back, right? Like I just, I've been having fun doing like stuff that I want to do. So I got a bunch of interesting things that are interesting to me coming out uh, for you guys on the YouTube channel, on the podcast. Um, so thank you, Carla. I'm glad you're liking the Dominate Pre-Med course. Thank you. And I'm so excited because the, the new version is not even done yet and it's going to be up. I'm really excited. The new application course is going to be ready on Monday. My new application course. So all kind of fun stuff, guys. But I'm like, I, I want all of you guys to know you're welcome, Martin, for the discount on the study course, 100%, right? I want all you guys to know your future's right in front of y'all, man. Don't let anybody psych you out. Don't let anybody pump you up in the wrong way and make you feel like you know exactly who you are and if you're doing the work and if you're doing it right. And when in doubt, ask yourself, am I being the most caring person I can be? Am I being the hardest working person I can be? And if you can answer those two questions, yes, you're on the right track, y'all, right? You're on the right track. And Gabriella says, do you, no, my programs work for anybody. So Gabrielle, if you're a student and you want to get better at any level you're at, come on, get with us. There we go. You can tell my students because they be hitting the box hard in the right way. <laughs> hey, Antonio, hit me with that. You know that's my line. I'm about that business, boss. I ain't about all these words. Just, just get about your business, right? And get it done and be kind. Don't worry about tearing other people down. Lift yourself up. My people of color, right? People like, oh, people of color is offensive. And it, like, oh my gosh, what can I say? What can I say? I literally got a message. People of color is offensive. You need to use uh, indigenous people of color or something like that. I forget what they told me. I'm like, I'll use what the freak I want. Like, you know what I'm saying? If your skin is dark, life is hard, but it doesn't mean you can't succeed. So go succeed. Put in the work. Be great. All right. I got to go. This is, this is supposed to be a five minute stream. It turned to 46 minutes, but I hope you guys get I don't know. I was just like thinking about this today because I'm like, man, I get all these messages. You guys can see the messages I get. You see, it just, it, it gnaws at you, right? To just see so many students who are great people, but they don't believe in their own greatness. And I just want you guys to understand, like, you, you can get to medical school, work, y'all. Like, come on, get there. All right, I gotta go. Everyone have a great day. Later.